Hello and welcome to the Happier at Work podcast with your host, Aoife O'Brien. The podcast for anyone who wants to be happier at work. We spend so much of our time at work. Everyone deserves to be happier at work. Welcome to the fifth episode of the leadership series in the Happier at Work podcast. In today's episode, I speak with the Sumta Gallagher all about leadership and the difference between managers and leaders. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome, Asumta, to the Happier at Work podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself to listeners? Hi there, Aoife. Thanks so much for the invitation to to come on your podcast. I'm delighted. My name is uh, Asumta Gallagher, as you said, and I have a business called Best Practice. Um, What I do is I help GPs and people working in primary care um, to get the best return from their business. And I work with the GPs, I work with their managers, I work with their staff to help them to work smarter, not harder, and and help them to, I suppose, get the best out of their teams. So, Asumta, this is episode number five in the leadership series, and we're going to be talking about leadership on the podcast today. So what does leadership mean to you? I suppose leadership for me is about people. It's, it's a quality, first of all, I think that people possess. Um, it doesn't matter whether they're employed as a leader or if they're acting as a leader. I feel that it's something that's very much in the, in a, a person's qualities. Um, for me, a leader is somebody who can influence people to get the best out of them. Um, they don't necessarily need to be a manager. And I think they often have like this vision and a belief and a passion for what they do or what they want to achieve. Great. So there's kind of, I suppose, three things that you touched on there. So it's influencing people to get the best out of them, having yeah. a really clear vision and having a passion as well. And and the passion element, I suppose, is the what helps you achieve the vision, because it's, if it's not something that you care about, then it's not something you're not going to realize that vision. For sure. Yeah, I think passion is very important. And I suppose that's something that I use in my own business best practice as well. I'm very passionate about the value of primary care in community. So primary care is one element of the overall health care in any um, community or in any um, country. And in in terms of what they offer and the fact that they're serving 95% of the population will always go through the primary care system at one point in their lives, probably more. And it's one area as well that looks after people from the cradle to the grave. So it's something that I'm very passionate about protecting because there are times when it's probably not recognised for the value that it brings um, to the healthcare system. Okay, great. Something that you mentioned earlier about leaders, so a leader doesn't necessarily have to be a manager. So from that, I I take it that a leader doesn't have to be a manager, I suppose, by title. So anyone potentially could be a leader. So do you want to explain a little bit more about the difference between a leader and a manager? I suppose for me, um, I I did a a workshop recently. It was actually just in practice management, which is specific to people working in primary care. And we talked a lot about this, you know. So these would would have been all managers and there were GPs on the the workshop as well. So we talked about their role and their role they would and how they saw it as well. I suppose as a manager, you're given a position, right? And this is, you know, you're, 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 you're being asked to sort of manage people. Um, you have a right to kind of, I suppose, 
give people instruction because of the position that you've been given. Um, and you have a set of objectives and you have a set of things that you want to achieve. Whereas the, the leader, you know, could be somebody within the manager's team. And we talked about what, how can we sometimes use a, a person who is influential among the team to get to maybe to even to get things done or to achieve things? Because sometimes managers struggle, particularly if they're a new manager and they come into a pre-existing team and they're trying to affect change. Sometimes that can be a real challenge. So but if you've got a person in there who almost would be, would al- already have some element of influence, if you like, within that group, that you can ha- you can kind of work with that person to influence the rest of the team. So you're managing it. And of course, there's an element of leadership there as well, because you have to use some of those skills in order to work with another person to get your message across. Yeah, so it's... It- it's kind of like not feeling threatened by the fact that you have someone really strong and influential within your team. Um, yeah, I think it's embracing it. You know, they yeah. always say, you know, even in terms of having your own business, you know, or if you're hiring people, try to hire people that are almost better than you yeah. in order to, to build the most incredible team. Yeah. Um, we, we don't want people who are the same as us. We want people who are going to help us to stretch and grow. And, and among those people could be leaders, you know, yeah, um, and I, I think of a of a, something that uh, in your, in a previous podcast where you spoke with Bernard Jackman, and I thought this was very interesting. One of the things you talked about was um, the bench pressing, and oh, yeah. um, and I thought this was so interested interesting in terms of pushing yourself all the time. And he talked about you know getting assistance from somebody else on the team and lifting a weight, um. And this is the weight that you're aspiring to being able to lift at some point. And then gradually, when you're working at it and you're working at it, you manage to do that. And it's, likewise, it's, it's the same when you're developing a team. Um, you know, when you're investing in the team and investing in your leaders, you're going to, and identifying your leaders within your team, can you imagine the power of, of what's going to be, going to, going to come out of that should you recognize it and work on it? Um, I think, you know, good leaders will develop and support their team um, or followers, which in turn then makes them stronger as leaders or managers or whatever their position happens to be. Yeah, absolutely. No, was, what I loved about that was the this idea of the stretch. So yeah. um, I'm very guilty of taking giant leaps. So I'd be, you know, I might be like, oh, I can lift 50 kilos now I want to try and lift 100 kilos like if yeah. I could use that analogy of the the weightlifting which yeah. makes absolutely no sense but but somehow I applied that in other parts of my life where I think oh instead of I want to take these giant leaps basically it's what I'm trying to say whereas yeah. what I took from that was if you just stretch a little bit and take things a step at a time and understand the steps that need to happen in order to grow or develop then you can develop you can I suppose, develop more easily because you're doing consistently and you're improving and you're not putting yourself under a huge amount of pressure um, to kind of improve. Um, Now, something I've become very interested in lately, Anna, that I've spoken about recently is should everyone become a manager? Because if you think about it, as as kind of a society or, or in the workplace, definitely we tend to see it's it's almost kind of a pyramid and you're like, you start off at the bottom and you progress and you progress and and in order to get the, to the top, you need to be a manager. You need to start managing people. But not everyone makes a good manager. So do you want to kind of 
talk a little bit about that. And you know what? That's so important, isn't it? Like, I think everybody has a role to play and not everybody can be managers. If everybody wants to be in charge, then the simple fact is we, would, we just wouldn't get things done. There are people who actually work so much better by being managed. You know, they, they, they're much more productive if they have an effective manager managing them and what they're doing and managing their activities. Because that's within their comfort zone. I know the comfort zone is a whole other story, but the fact still remains, you know, there are people who like to be a little bit more in the background. That's not making less of them as a person. It's just what they enjoy and that's what they feel comfortable with. Like, for example, the, again, going back to the workshop that I held, it was actually an incredible group of people in the room. And when I spoke to various people in the room, one lady said, I'll be honest with you, I just don't like to be that person who always expresses an opinion. Um, I've got different ways that I, I like to communicate and so please don't think I'm not participating, but I just like to kind of stay in the background a little bit more. Mm. And that's perfectly OK. So there are a lot of people like that, that just like to come in, do their work and go home and have no other commitment beyond that. Uh, and it's very important to recognize that and, and, and respect that. Yeah, or, or or I mean, it sounds like she could be a bit more of an introvert. That she takes a little time to reflect possibly. on on what's happening. Yeah, um, yeah, possibly. But the, but then I've worked with people in the past as well, Aoife, who, you know, they are quite happy, and they was they were they have said it to me. You know, sometimes I like to come to work. I want my chair to be there. I love what I do, and then I switch off at five or five thirty, and I go home. And next day I do it all over again. And that's what makes me happy. Um, so that's OK, too. Mm, it's a, that kind of routine and yeah. you're coming in and you have the ability then to leave work yeah. at work rather than taking it home with you, which I think yeah. yes. you know, we can all agree makes a, a huge difference not having Absolutely. to take work home. And it's what makes them happy more, more importantly, you know. Mm. But, so different people have different aspirations. Some of us are more ambitious than others. And some people want to achieve more. Other people don't know what else is out there and they're quite happy with that. And um, that's just that's just life, I guess, you know. Um, And and perhaps that, you know, if you're lucky, you might get exposed to something that you think that, oh, gosh, that's something I never thought about before. Like an example of it would be, you know, um, a dancing competition. I remember once um, one time participating in a Strictly Come Dancing for a local club. And I'd never danced, but you do it and you, you stretch yourself and it's really putting yourself, putting you, putting me outside my comfort zone anyway at that time. So there are things that may pop up in, in, in a person's lifetime that thinks, well, actually, maybe I do want more. But a lot of people are just happy with where they're at. And I think that's OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I suppose there's a few things around that. It's it's this idea of comfort zone. And like you say, that's a that's a whole other conversation. But yeah. I think as humans, we always like to grow. But that, but ba- you know, kind of going back to what you were saying about the dancing, we don't always have to grow. It doesn't have to be in work. It can no. be outside of work that we find that growth and fulfillment and we get better at something. It doesn't have, you know, you could be happy at work with your your structure and your stability and you're, yeah. you're coming in and you're, you're doing what you want on a day-to-day basis and then, um, you're not taking work home with you and you're going back in the next day and you're doing the same thing and you don't have that sense of, uh, the word you used earlier was uh, ambition. So some people yeah. have a high level ambition and some people don't. Yeah. Um, 
And what does success look like for you, Aoife? That's, I mean, that's the thing. Everyone has their own image of what success look, looks like for them in their life. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What do, exactly that. What does success look like? Um, and success looks different to different people and it might change throughout your life as well because you, you achieve what you wanted to achieve and then yeah. success suddenly takes on a new meaning. Um, you mentioned earlier about ambition, so not not yeah. everyone is ambitious. And then yeah. we were talking about success as well, and success means yeah. different things to different people. How do yeah. you think that applies to leadership? I suppose the, with leadership, it's all about you know having a passion for something. So I think you know a leader will have their own measurement of what success means means to them. So it it could be achieving something. It could be. Um, achieving something through the people that they're working with. They, it could be measured on, on an outcome of some passion that they have been following for a very long time that's, you know, now been, now come to light or whatever. Um, it, 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 it can mean all sorts of things, really. I suppose success and leadership. I'm trying to think of, of some examples as, as I'm talking to you. I suppose when, when you think about leaders and, and success, recently I came across this guy called um, James Leonard. I think his name is either James Leonard or John Leonard. Sorry, now people can look him up, but I was very impressed by him. And I would see him very much as a leader. Now, he came from a very difficult background. His parents, or certainly his dad, was in and out of prison. He was exposed to drugs from a very, very young age. And he's just um, recently um, come out of um, University College Cork with a master's in criminology. Um, and I and on LinkedIn, actually, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so like, I would, who would have thought that this guy could potentially be a leader, but particularly because of the background that he's come from. So, and and how how do you, and how does he measure success? And 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 possibly as a leader, he probably never really thought about success or what path that he was on. It just kind of evolved over time. Because I suppose he started from nothing. But I suppose a lot of there the, would be a lot of leaders out there who maybe have found themselves in a position of leadership, didn't really have a goal, and um, so other people might look at them as successful, but they might not necessarily look at themselves as being successful. Rather that they're just on a journey. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And it, yeah. it could be going back at some to, to what we were saying about the small steps. So he. Yeah. He didn't change overnight. He took small steps towards realizing what his his goal was. Um, yeah. So if we come back to to what you were saying at the start, so it, it, leadership is more about a quality that people possess. So it's this this kind of idea of having being able to influence people, having the vision and having the passion. Yeah. And if we take each one of those individually, and I suppose it's it's trying to really drill into and you know. It, there's on the one hand, yeah, anyone can be a leader and it depends maybe on the circumstance and it depends on what a project or what a, what a work place or what an organization is trying to achieve. Yes. A different leader, leader or leadership style might be required. But if we think about those qualities and maybe dr- drill in a little bit more into influencing people to get the best out of them so if we take that like I mean I I would think about that and think not everyone is capable of doing that like not oh. not everyone has those really great uh, influencing skills and 
you know, I suppose it depends on what's required. So whether that's inspiration just by doing something or, or really trying at the other extreme, you're really trying to influence someone in a, in kind of a sales capacity. Um, so I suppose I'd love to take each one of those individually and 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 go into it in a bit more detail about whether someone ha- has that innate quality or whether they can develop it or what that means for leadership generally. And sometimes it can be a really fine line, you know. So if you if you think about, you know, the culture of an organization and what does that actually mean? So I suppose I've had experience in the workplace myself, working working in various places throughout the years. And you're at where you're at, you know, and you don't know any different. And then you move on to another part of your life. Perhaps you're working for another organization and you start to realize how different it is from the environment you've just come from. And then you try to identify, well, what makes it different? So I can speak about um, my own circumstances where I, where I moved to a role where I was working with the CEO of a company who I found incredibly inspirational. Um, but I still couldn't identify what, what, what it was that made him different. But I think one of the gifts that, that he had was that he was able to, I suppose, share this kind of purpose of what the business was about with his team and bring them in so you know keep keep up these lines of communication of where we're at and where we're going and trying to um put in this value of moving forward together to achieve you know the outcome which in this situation was a kind of a an outpatient um disciplinary care where the patient was at the center of everything that was done within this organization and he was very successful in doing that. Um, so, but but it can be a very fine line because sometimes when you're trying to get people on board, some pe- pe- people love that culture, but sometimes it can be taken advantage of as well. So there are people who, if you leave it too open, you leave yourself open, if that makes sense. Hmm. Um, and that that was something that happened in this particular situation as well. So there's a little bit of a there's a balance between having that culture of positive leadership and managing the people then within it effectively to get the to get the best result, I suppose. So that yeah, I suppose that would be kind of more around the the influence side of things. So the the kind the of the, the fine line or the balance between getting. Um, being inspirational and and bringing people on that journey versus um and being open as well you yeah. know some, sometimes you can be too open and i think you have okay. to have that balance between the two okay so when you say too open is that um kind of too vulnerable or is that how do you mean in can there's you explain definitely, that a bit more? yeah i think there's definitely a vulnerability there i think you know I think when you have like a real passion for something that by kind of allowing yourself to really explore that, that sometimes you're, you are going to be a little bit vulnerable. So in, in, in the situation I referred to, it was somebody who had a, a deep passion because of a personal family, family experience, um, that he wanted things to be better. He wanted things to, um, be different and, to get patient care to a level that where people were were more respected and people were given being listened to and all their all their needs were 
being met rather than symptoms being treated, if you like. Okay. So what, what, what he had created was something that he that was very personal to him um, yeah. and, and wasn't necessarily personal to everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and there certainly was a vulnerability there that perhaps then left him a little bit exposed. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And interestingly, on last week's podcast, we spoke about um, putting people at the centre of the organisation. So that sounds similar to that kind of approach in that yeah. he was putting uh, the patients at the centre of that that organisation. Yes. So it's really, you know, putting putting people first at the end of the day is, you know, what what can make things really successful or not. Or not. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah. you know, I think how how we work with the people in our lives can have such great outcomes for not just the leader, but for, for everybody that that they come across as well. You know, um, the, the power of, the, of a person, you know, if somebody uses that, their leadership qualities effectively, then it can have such a positive impact on, on people that they they encounter or deal with or employ or whatever know or interact with in any way um we all come away feeling that bit better i think when we come across positive leaders so let's talk a little bit more about positive leadership like what what does that mean to you well positive leadership is i suppose a little bit that little bit more engaging i think you know where you're where you're engaging with people um you're bringing people in so it's not just all about you leading the way it's uh, leading the way um in uh, more collectively so you have more people involved and you're listening and it's all about that shared purpose and and selling that idea to people and getting them on board not in a manipulative way but in a way that's inclusive and that you're listening and that you're taking people's opinions on board um not always having to um take everything on board but certainly listening you know giving people the opportunity to speak in whichever way is comfortable for that person, because not everybody. I always, I often think about that person in the back row, you know, in a meeting or in a at an event or a seminar, who might have something really valuable to say, but doesn't necessarily want to stand up at the back of the room and proclaim it to the room what it is that they want to say. Mm. So I think, I think a great leader and and a positive leader will be able to have that voice heard somehow through whatever other platform. Um, need you know they need to put in place for that to happen yeah it's interesting I saw a conversation on Twitter the other day and um, someone was looking for advice on how do you actually get or you know she's looking I suppose for the introverts perspective specifically how to feel more included at work and it sounds like that you know yeah how do you actually how do you gather those um, those voices, you know, and the voices of everyone are important? Well, here's an interesting, now it's a much smaller one because I know you have the smaller organisation then you've got the, the larger corporates or whatever as well. But in, in one particular uh, primary care centre, and actually it's quite big in, in terms of primary care, there's about 30 staff working there, which is still relatively small, in, in, you know, when you compare it to a larger corporation. But in their situation, they had like an anonymous whiteboard where people were able to note their thoughts and they didn't have to sign their name next to it and once a month there was a collection of thoughts that always came up for discussion so they could sign their name beside it if they wished but they didn't have to 
And they they found that to be a great tool in getting people's feedback mm. and and working towards the betterment of, of this particular primary care um center. So yeah, so I mean that was interesting. So maybe there are other ways that we can put it out there for people to contribute. Yeah, no, that's interesting. And I mean the thing that sprung to my mind was presumably they're not they're not uh, doing any sort of handwriting analysis on the writing that's on the wall um, yeah, to, to try and figure yeah. out who, who the yeah. people are, that if it is truly supposed to be anonymous. Um, yeah. I know in, in a previous role, we had kind of a, an anonymous box where people could either write notes, but some people typed them up because yeah. they really genuinely didn't want to be recognised. They typed them up and they, they put them into this box. And then there was, you know, we talked about it at the leadership meetings um, about like what, what can we actually do? What can we address? And then we would feed back to the team what actions we're taking as a result um, of of the the feedback that the team have given. Yeah. But I mean, to me, it's it's a sorry state of affairs if someone feels that they can't even speak to their manager about what's going on or or provide feedback to their manager about ways that either the manager can improve or that that we can improve how we do things at work. Well, absolutely. And again, I suppose that's that thing where we talked about earlier and you talk about the difference between a manager and a leader and a manager has been given a position and um, and sometimes they can use that position um, in a negative way. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, then that puts that block up for people who could potentially contribute but um, don't feel valued or, or there's a fear or whatever reason that they just stay in the background. Absolutely. Um, so there's a, there's a couple of things that I'd love to kind of pick up on with you as well. Asumta. You mentioned earlier about entrepreneurship and both yourself and myself are, I suppose, will be in, in a similar boat in, in that sense. And it would be great to, to get us get more of a feeling of leadership and entrepreneurship and what that actually means. What does that look like? And how how we can take lessons because I mean I, I, I'm sure you're the same but it, the last year or so has been a, a huge eye-opener for me and I'm doing things that I never would have previously thought and I have to think about things that I never never even considered previously so um, can we talk a little bit more about that? Yeah I suppose my own reflections on it would be that the only people where as an entrepreneur you're the only person you're really responsible to is yourself so you're relying on yourself to lead the way um, there's nobody else directing um, and, and you are now the complete and utter director of, of your own life. Somebody said to me recently, are you now generating an income? And um, it's up to me to generate that income and it's up to you to generate that income. And the same with all entrepreneurs, you know, all of a sudden you have this blank canvas, if you like, that's... Um, you have the, the drive, you have the determination, you have the passion and you have to, and those are your drivers, right? So, and I think you, you have to have an innate, you have to have those leadership skills built in, in yourself in order to keep going because it's not always an easy road. Um, and the, as I said already, the only person leading you is you and the incredible people that you meet along the way. But as a leader, again, you're leaving yourself open through the passion you have for um, achieving what you've set out to achieve is leaving yourself open to people who hopefully help and support you on the way. 
like the analogy of the bench press, you know, earlier on where, yeah. you know, you, as, as an entrepreneur, you don't know everything. You know, all you have is a goal. You have all this, these goals that you want to achieve. Um, but then you meet people and you leave yourself open along the way to meet people who will hopefully help you to grow stronger and become more effective and develop your own leadership qualities. But as entrepreneurs, I think we are leaders in, in some respect as well. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, we're leaders in our own business. Yes. Uh, and, and and that's it. And as the business grows, then and you start to, to kind of look to hiring people and even just a hiring or outsourcing work like that's that still kind of forms part of that. But oh. something that you mentioned there is it's you didn't explicitly say it, but it, it, it centers on asking for help. So you meet you meet people oh. all the time through networking and, and things like that. But it's it's and this came up again on uh, last week's podcast is the whole idea around asking for help and being able to ask for help and showing that level of vulnerability like you don't have all of the answers and that's something that's really crucial but also so many people really struggle with it because they feel that if they ask for help that somehow they don't have all the answers and they're not an expert and it it goes it kind of goes back to this whole idea of imposter syndrome Mm. No, it can do. And, and you know, I, I can speak to myself again. The people that I'm serving now in, in my business would have been the people who would have been my previous employers. And I always, particularly in the first sort of year to 18 months, I had this that kind of uh, built-in imposter syndrome where I, I had maybe put them at a, a few levels above me. Um, but actually, now I don't anymore. Um, and I, I feel like they're just completely, there are people who do different jobs within society. and There are people who contribute differently um, within society. And we're all, we're all on a journey. And, and I really feel that even when people ask me for help, I'm happy to help. And likewise, if there's something that I feel that somebody can help me with, I'm, I'm very comfortable to ask. I think everybody should be comfortable in asking. Um, because the other side of the coin is that people won't always offer the help, even though they're very happy to give it. They won't always offer it. Um, but I think often people are very willing to help if you reach out. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, therein lies the struggle. So if people aren't blatantly or explicitly offering help, then it's, yeah. it's up to individuals to ask for that help when they need it. So important, you know. Um, I was talking to um, somebody very recently who completed New Frontiers, which is um, Enterprise Ireland-led program. And that was one of the things that was a standout for him in, in his business, that he would not have got to the point now of the development of what he's doing had he not brought in all these other areas where he required help. And even by participating in these programs, you any program or development program, you have to realize that it's a lot of things are not achievable on your own. Maybe they are, but they're going to take 20 years longer. It's that, it's that whole thing again of, you know, recently I was um, uh, working on some Excel sheet and Excel is not my forte. Uh, it never will be my forte. Um, it's not something I enjoy working on. I don't like numbers particularly at all, really. Um, 
and are working on numbers or accounts or any such thing like that. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> yeah I really don't enjoy it at all. And uh, I reached out for help with that and something that would have taken me days, weeks, years and probably years of my life and stress and was done by somebody else and, and you know, in five minutes. And and that's the fact of it, you know. So if we do reach out, we're sa- we're saving ourselves so much, and li- likewise, we have so much to contribute as well. So it's it's a it's a circle, isn't it? So that's it. Yeah. Yes, everyone yeah. has their everyone has their own strengths. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So be willing to ask and be willing to give. That's it. That's it. Um, so something another area I'd lo- I'd love to speak to you about, uh, given your background, um, is how, how I suppose how to share lessons in leadership from the the um, more medical, the GP side of things, and uh, and apply it to business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there 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 is that thing, you know. I suppose GPs, um, particularly, what they love to do is they just want to be doctors. Um, and they want to they want to be leaders in terms of, you know, outcomes and, and getting their patients the best possible care. That's that's very much a function that that they want to. That's why they do what they do. So from, from my point of view, I suppose what I'm trying to and, and, and within that, within general practice, there are there are many influencers and many leaders in general practice, ultimately they all love what they do in terms of providing patient care. But there are those then who want to try and bring about positive changes and however that may look. But a lot of the positive changes generally are pointing towards getting better outcomes, getting better care, making sure people are looked after within their community, making sure that people who have different things going on, whether it's physical or psychological, that they're getting the supports that they that they need. So that's, I suppose, what leadership is in healthcare, is people who stand out and stand up, and they they talk about these areas. But they they all they they all centre on the patient, um, which is what they're motivated by, and that's you know why why they most of them are the majority of them have become doctors, if you like. So it's really putting the, the patient in the center of everything that they're doing. Uh, and I, th- I think if, if we if we were to do that across everything, you know, why do we do what we do and why do we do it the way we do it? And that line came from a, a book I read um, not too long ago called Reengineering the Corporation. Now, it's just putting a different slant on it. But if we were to look at any organization, and we're to look at, well, why are we doing it? Why do we do what we do? And why are we doing it the way we're doing it? And if we were to bring it back to that, sometimes we can learn enough other lessons from that. Um, and I think that's a good kind of a leadership thought as well, to try and bring it back to why, to the why. Um, because so much time and so many decisions get made because people forget why they're doing what they're doing. Um, and often it blocks it blocks them from moving forward and getting the best possible outcome. That's kind of my thought on it anyway. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that, that reminds me of the whole concept of start with why um, Simon Sinek talks about that. Yeah. And it's, and it, again, it comes back to what you said earlier about purpose. So it's, yeah. it's um, putting the purpose at the heart because 
when and, re- and revisiting it Aoife, over and over again yeah absolutely and as a reminder to people you know whether you're talking about it in in team meetings or um just remind people like why why are you actually here why are you doing what you're doing yes and, and putting that at the center because i think if if we're all aligned towards wanting to achieve the same goal then yeah. it makes it easier to achieve that goal but it also helps to kind of eradicate conflict around like what what is it that we're we're trying to do here and and who takes priority and also what's important is we're all not trying to achieve the same goal so even if if I was to work in an organization and it's driven by this really powerful leader who's very good at communicating and letting me know you know what their what their vision is what their purpose is what they hope to achieve that's not necessarily what I want but you know I will have my I will have my own goals and visions within that. That doesn't mean I'm not sharing theirs, but I'm okay. I'm probably coming a bit back from that as well. So that's important to recognise too. Not everybody's going to be brought on that journey with you. They're just supporting you somewhere along the way. Does that make sense? So it's it's such an important trait for it's an important thing for leaders to recognise that too. That not everybody's coming on this whole journey with us. Um. And everybody has different aspirations. It does. I mean, it, what you're saying does make sense, but I'd love to to drill into it in a little bit more detail because I haven't, I don't think I've heard it expressed quite that way. So normally you would expect that, the, that you have a leader and you have followers and they all yeah. buy into the vision and the purpose yeah. of what you're trying to do. But yeah. can you explain in a little bit more detail how there might be, uh, is it, are you talking about like an individual's goals and their goals might not necessarily, like they might have personal goals that they're trying to achieve from having this role, whether that's a need that they're trying to satisfy, like a, a status thing or um, power or flexibility or stability or whatever it might be? I think that um, as an effective leader, you're able to identify, um, first of all, you're bringing everybody in and, and letting and sharing your vision and sharing your purpose and sharing what your ultimate goal is. But within that, then everybody's going to have their own role to play within that. So it's about identifying, well, what does that person want to achieve? And what we, we mentioned earlier on, well, what does success mean to you? If we're, if we're doing an interview and you talk about, well, where do you want to be in five years time? So I suppose it's, what, it's recognizing what everybody's role is within that. So you're on your journey and they're on their journey. So it's being able to identify what, well, what, what, what is their journey? And how can I support them on that? And by supporting them on their journey, whatever that might be, it might be a receptionist who wants to um, be, you know, so much better in, in dealing with some aspect of their role. Or it could be a secretary who aspires to being an office manager, or it could be an office manager who wants to be the head of a department, you know. So it's about ensuring that everybody is kind of on the in, in terms of what their role is within the success of that, of achieving the overall goal of the organization. Yeah. So, so we're not all going for the success of the organization. We're going for what it means to us within that organization, depending on what role you have been given. Yeah. So it's it's kind of about people working to their strengths, but also finding a path to growth within the success of the organization. So I help yeah. the organization to succeed and 
I see a clear path of where I'm going to next in my contribution to that success. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes you go into, it, it, it's that thing again. So if I was to try and think of an example, so you go in um, where you have been given a job and then this is where you want to excel and this is where you want to develop and this is where you see the job growing and these are the skills I might need to make me the best I possibly can. So the leader is identifying that all the time, you know, to help their people being the best that they can be in their individual role, but yet leaving it open potentially to allowing that person to develop into other roles or be it promotion or or be it where, where they're moving on. And if they do move on, that's okay, but they've still contributed hugely to to the leader's vision somewhere along the way. So it's about supporting the people you have, helping them to develop, getting the best out of them, because you will get the best out of people if you invest and believe in them, I, I feel. Yeah, yeah. So it comes back to putting the people at the centre of everything that you're doing, really, which I, I reflects really what think. we spoke about last week, okay, um, yeah. which is yeah. great. Yeah. Um, brilliant. So, Asumta, do you have any more kind of leadership tips or anything else that you'd like to share with listeners? I'm just conscious of time here. Yeah. No, I, I, I think, you know, that that overall it's, it's, it's about something that, Maybe many people have sort of leadership qualities that don't even realize they have. And it's only when they possibly put themselves slightly outside their comfort zone and they identify something that they love that they didn't even realize or that existed even, you know, and they go out there and then they realize that they, it's something that makes them happy, that then somehow they might develop or they see a positive change in their life as a result of doing it, that then they might start to or other people might start to identify leadership qualities in them. So sometimes it's a quality that's hidden, I suppose is what yeah, I'm trying to say. You definitely, know? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's a case of just trying trying new things and, and putting yourself out there and, oh, yeah. and having a real understanding of yourself and a, a, an honest look, I suppose, as well. Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, I think, it, it, as you say, it's just about being open to it and, and, and thinking about, well, what else is out there? Because there is so much, isn't there, Aoife, that And I think particularly when you go down the self-employment route, you start to see that and you experience things that you wouldn't have experienced had you not started out on that journey. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a big, wide world out there it and uh, lots of opportunities to be yeah. taken advantage of. Yeah. And the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast is Sumta, what makes you happy at work? I suppose for me, it's that thing of fulfillment. You know, I feel very, when, I, when I work with the practice and I have a successful outcome, that's, all, that's so fulfilling for me. So um, when I solve a problem, when I put a smile back on somebody's face, um, finding the solution that sometimes can be very simple for me, but other people just can't see it because they're working in their in their business all the time and they're not seeing it from the outside. Um, I love solving problems, so that's what what I what I suppose fulfills me. Brilliant, a woman after my own heart. I love solving problems too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, brilliant. And if people want to connect and reach out to you, what is the best way they can do that? Um, I suppose I'm on, I'm on most um, social media platforms. So I'm on Facebook. Um, 
It's uh, Best Practice GP on Facebook and Twitter um, and Instagram very recently. So I'm just starting to learn Instagram and uh, LinkedIn. I'm on a LinkedIn under Assumptive Gallagher and I have a website, bestpractice.ie. So um, I'm all over the place or and all my contact details are on the website as well. OK, yeah, great. I can share all of those details in the show notes as well so people can reach out. Um, but thanks so much for coming on today. And I really, really enjoyed our chat. Same as. Likewise. Thank you, Aoife. Um, I really enjoyed it. That was Assumpta Gallagher talking about leadership. And we talked about what leadership actually means. And, and she mentioned that leadership is a quality that people possess. It's about influence, vision and passion. We spoke about leaders versus managers and how you can be a leader without actually having the title of being a manager. Management is just a title, whereas leadership is something that people actually possess. We talked about hiring people who are better than you. So that's a really great strategy, recognizing the weaknesses or development areas that you have in yourself and hiring people who can compensate for those. We talked about questioning what does success actually mean? What does success mean to you? So something to, to definitely think about. Um, she mentioned about James Leonard. I'll stick um, what I found about him in the show notes. We spoke as well about ambition and how, um, how much ambition people actually have in the workplace and, and recognizing that as well. We spoke about the fact that no matter where you are, you are where you are. And it's about starting from where you're at. We spoke about positive leadership, which is about engaging people and leading the way for people in a more collective and inclusive way, taking other people's opinions on board. As an entrepreneur, you're relying on yourself to lead the way. We spoke about the importance of asking for help. And sometimes that's something that's quite difficult to do. So people are, you know, quick to give help, but they don't necessarily offer to help and it's really important for people to just ask for that help when they need it. We spoke about what, why do we do what we do and why are we doing it the way that we're doing it? So again, a question to really keep in mind when it comes to leadership. It all starts with why. So it's coming back to that fundamental, like what's the purpose of you doing what it is that you're doing? As always, thanks so much for taking the time out to listen to my podcast. If you want to reach out to me, you'll find me on LinkedIn, Aoife O'Brien. Next week's episode is all about trust, employee trust in the workplace. And I have a great discussion with Team and Bart planned for that one. Speak to you next week. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to the Happier at Work podcast with Aoife O'Brien. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and don't forget to rate and review the podcast.